uh, my message today is living the good life. But I'm going to tell you that living the good life doesn't happen without the connection to God. See, you know, uh, Miller Life, I think it is, or Miller Light or Miller Beer or whatever, thinks they got the high life. You know, that's, that's their commercial, the high life. Well, you know, I, I learned something that whenever I gave my heart to Jesus Christ and I started living for Him, that, uh, that I left the low life and I went to the high life because I served God and, and He uh, provides for me. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 5 and... I want to read a verse of Scripture, a couple of several passages of Scripture that, that kind of set the stage for this. This is a, a Scripture I used, I think, in my morning Bible study in a cowboy church maybe. I don't think I've read it here for a while. Um, but it's something that grabbed hold of me. And as I was praying yesterday and, and just seeking the Lord on what to, what to minister, uh, you know, this verse came to mind. And in verse 18, it says, First uh, uh, John, that's in the back of the Bible, uh, verse 18. He says, We know that anybody born of God does not uh, continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe. That's it's referring to Jesus. And the evil one cannot harm them. For we know that we are children of God uh, and that the world of, uh, and that the world, the whole world, is under the control of the evil one. Now I want to pause right there and, and, just, and just look at what he's stating there. He says, we know that anybody born of God does not continue to sin. Now some of the translations say does not sin or commit to sin, but understand continuing to sin, is, is a di there's a difference between uh, habitual, pra uh, uh, intentional sin and just sin, just as falling into trial, into temptation, or, in, or to sin. It uh, doesn't mean that, you're, that if you sin, then you're not of God. It simply says those who continue in that lifestyle is what that's referring to. So understanding that's where grace comes in that provides us the opportunity. Once we're born of God, we, we change. That's what he's illustrating is that there is transformation and there is a change that happens when Jesus Christ comes, becomes our Lord. You know, the amazing thing is, is that we're going to continue to be a work in progress. We're going to continue to have to work on us. But man, that's what the good life is, is the good life is the fact that we have God at our disposal for everything that we, every challenge that we face and everything that we experience. You know, when we're weak, He is strong. When we can't, He, he gives us the ability to, that we can. When, when we're at the end of our rope, we're never at the end of our hope. I think that was in one of my uh, commentaries. It's like, you know, you know the old saying, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot, tie a knot, and hang on. And you know what? Here's the thing where what I've learned with God in walking with God um, pretty much my, my whole life, a few years of running from God pretty hard. Uh, I always say I wasted about two years of my life and, and really about three or four uh, uh, or a couple more trying to get back into really serving God. But I knew... Uh, God at a, at a very early age, at a, at a young, as a young boy, I, I experienced God in a very real way. I, I, I knew the Word of God. I knew, I, I probably didn't identify it, but I knew there was a call on my life, and, and I knew that God had a plan. But see, here's the thing. We sometimes resist that and run away from that, but when we choose or come back to God, man, I tell you what, we, and, and if we'll enter into that relationship with Him, He'll begin to walk us down a path that is, that is good. Now, I didn't say that we wouldn't have troubles. I didn't say that we wouldn't have uh, challenges. I, I didn't say that you, you wouldn't have seasons of life or periods of time where you're stretched to the max. 
I mean, those, those periods of times when, when you're, uh, you know, I, I remember uh, in times when we were raising our kids, when they were all four still at home and all different stages, and we're going, to, we're going here, we're going there, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're facing the, the struggles of our life, and then, you know, dealing with things within the, within the church or within uh, other people's needs, and then, you know, trying to balance everything. Those are, those are times of, of uh, difficulty, but when we learn to rely on God's help and Him walking through it, it changes everything. You know, he goes on here. He says uh, in verse uh, uh, 19, For we know that we are the children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. So he brings us separation. He not only separates the Christian in the change in our life, but he separates us from the world. He says the world is under the control of the enemy. Do you ever wonder why... Many of the things that are happening in the world, do, do you ever just go, what are they thinking? How, how can they not see this? How did, I mean, I don't want to get, but we, we probably all have at times, maybe it's people within our family, maybe it's people that we know, but by and large, over, over the, the things that we see in this world, but see, they're under the control, there's that separation, they're under control of the evil one, and so they're oblivious oftentimes to what God would have, how God would have their life to be. And they can't see the difference. You know, uh, the, the rest of this in verse, uh, verse 20, he says, We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we, know, we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true by being in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Now, I, I love that verse 20 because he says, we know also that the Son of God has come. So that's how we were, are, enter into that relationship with Him. We believe that, what is John 10, uh, uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10? Believe that Jesus is the Christ and that God raised Him from the dead. So we have to believe that in order to be saved. That's that process of salvation. And then it, he goes on here and he says, and also God has given us understanding so that we know Him who is true. You know, uh, the, the difference in life as we know it, or life in the, in, without God and the life with God, it, it begins to grow, begins to change. We begin to be transformed as we understand Him. Now, obviously, there's a, there's a difference between uh, being the new birth, so we're saved. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, in other words, if you've accepted Christ, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. That's what he's talking about whenever he says that person is not going to continue to sin. We, we become born again, we're transformed on the inside, but then yet we're still walking aligning our flesh and our, our soulish nature, our mind, will, and emotions. We're still uh, becoming sanctified, working on that sanctification, becoming more like Christ. You know, we're going to have times where as Christians we, we, we slide back a little bit, we, we, we fall back a little bit at times. You, you're going to have those moments, those, the, hopefully they're moments, 
Uh, when I, I remember when I first committed my life to Jesus Christ, I'm still in, uh, continuing to work the ranch, continuing to be out there on on uh, everyday basis out there with the people who are are much more of the world than they are of God, and and their influence sometimes would affect me. Sometimes I didn't need anything but a con contrary cow, contrary contrary cow. I, all I, I didn't need people. I mean, there were a lot of times I would go two weeks without going to town. I mean, we lived eight miles from Watonga out there on the ranch, and there, there would be times I'd be running the tractor, I'd be, you know, we'd be working cattle, we'd be feeding whatever we're doing. And there were times I didn't go to, and I'd see a few neighbors, but I didn't, I didn't see a lot of people. I'd go home, and, you know, I'd see Sue, I'd see Mom and, and Stepdad, and, and, you know, I'd, I'd see things at that time, or, I mean, a few people at that time. But, man, I could go a long time without people. And you know what I still felt? I'd still have moments where I, I didn't live a very Christian example of a life. But you know what? I didn't quit being saved, and I didn't cease from just because I had those moments or those seasons, what I had to learn to do was pick myself back up, get back on the path, go back to the things of God. Well, what I began to do was grow in my understanding of who He was and who He is. You see, it, it's not an all-at-once process. It's salvation is. But us working and learning and understanding who God is, what He's provided, and how I can tap into that good life that He has for me is, is, that, is that process of learning, that process of understanding. And you know what? It, it comes through the knowledge of Him. I always challenge people, if we really want to live the best life we can, then learn to fellowship, spending time with Him, making sure that that uh, that uh, that he, we have that time with him, you know. Uh, we we of course still having a teenager. Uh, Kenzie's a junior in uh, in high school, and so you know our house is a, a, a house that everybody, a lot of people, a lot of her friends come to, and and uh, you know there's people. We finally had to kind of set a deal. We've got a code on our door, and we finally had to kind of say, okay, y'all, if Kenzie, if you're not here, you need to have your friends knock. Okay, because, you know, uh, I, I, so anyway, because they, they would just bleep, 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 come on in, hi, you know, and, and she'd, cause she'd just say, well, I'll be there in a little bit, just go on in. Well, I mean, that's wonderful, but I, you know, we're kind of we're learning to enjoy the uh, uh, time with, the, with less kids there. So, you know, when, the, when there was always kids and always there, it really wasn't a big deal. It's like, you know, y'all ought to slow down just a little bit on just coming right in. But we want them to be welcome there. We want them to have time there and fellowship and time there. But the other day, she was having a she had a bunch of kids out and they were in the backyard and we had built a fire pit and you know had a fire out there in the backyard and they were hanging out and they were coming in and through the house and Sue and I were in the front room watching TV, and a couple of the a couple of the guys come in and you know they're like then they were leaning over the, the we we got a couch there and they were kind of leaning there. He's watching this show we were watching, and I had to get up and I had to I had to clarify. I said, look. This is not my choice of, of, of shows, all right? This is, this, is, this is what happens when you love your wife and her number one love language is quality time. And, and we're, this show, I just want you to understand, this is, I would be watching a ball game. I would be watching a hunting show. I would be watching Cowboy Channel. It would not, this is not my choice. I just want to make sure I kept protecting my man card and everything. You know, this is, this is Sue's choice of, so, see, but quality time. See, I value her relationship enough 
that, I, that I've learned to invest that. If I invest that time, then, then that's a benefit for me as well. It keeps our relationship good. See, where God is concerned, I have to value that time with, with, with Him. I have to make sure above all else that I give that time to God, that, that, that there's time made. Now listen, she understands and knows there's times whenever other things pull, other things. You know, our jobs, you, many of you are in job careers, both husband and wife, that are demanding. They pull you away. There's going to be times where, where there is a difference, but you also have to, uh, have to meet in the middle where that's concerned. You know, I've tried to guard that with ministry. I could literally be on the phone all the time. Dakota rejected my calls uh, on Saturday. He said, man, I'm fishing. I said, I don't care. I need, I need you. I, need, I was buying cows online, and I needed, some, I needed some input here. What about me? And I was laughing just a little bit. Yeah, I said, he got two phones. I said, I called them both. I said, your phone broke? He said, no, I'm fishing. I said, come on, man. So, so he's valuing that time, and I had to laugh because last time he had a big family gathering, he was buying cows for me. I was like, and anyway. But see, that's the guard that we have to have. What do, where, 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 how do we balance that as a, as a relationship where, where, our, where our relationships with our spouse, our kids, our grandkids, all those things, how do, we, how do we balance all those? And where are we at in that relationship with the Lord? See, because if we really want to know Him and we really want to grow and we really want to live the good life, we have to carve out some time in our busy schedules to make sure that we give Him that place. Because notice that last word there, it's life, eternal life, the last word of, of uh, it's, uh, well, it's uh, uh, verse 20, 20, but he says eternal life. That life, that word is zoe. Let me read what zoe means. It refers to the principle of life. In the New Testament, zoe denotes not only physical life, but spiritual life, which one can only possess through faith in Jesus Christ. See, this is a Greek word that means something different than just existence. This means life and it doesn't just mean eternal life, but it also involves our life now. See, God desires that we have a good life now. See, uh, we, can, we can gain in that understanding of who He is and help to fit all those things together if we allow Him in in that quality of time. The eternal life refers not only to the duration of life, but the quality of life. See, I'm not just making this stuff up. This is, this is what the Greek understanding and meaning of this is, is that He wants us to do more than just endure, endure life or have a duration of eternal life, but He wants to get involved in our life now so that it can be good. You say, man, I tell you what, I may, I'm living the good life. It's great. Everything's going good. But I can just tell you, we live in a world that over time, there's, there, will, there will be challenges to that. There's times that will become stressful. There's times... You know, I remember, well, I, anyway, I could, there's a lot of times. So look at, uh, I, wanna, I want us to think of the uh, passage of Scripture in um, John 10, 10, Amplified. I'm not going to turn there. We could quote this verse, but I want us to see what, it, what Jesus said and called it as uh, from John 10, 10. A thief comes only in order to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now see, remember... Over there in 1 John, he referred to the world being under the control of the enemy. Well, that's where the enemy desires to do, steal, kill, and to destroy. 
You know, I, I can tell you this, that, that the devil's way, the enemy's way, seems good for a season. But I think it was the, I, maybe the Apostle Paul said, sin is, is fun for a season. Sin is rewarding for a season. Sin, see, the devil loves to trick us into following his way and justifying that time separating us from God allowing our, us to make excuses for and, and doing other things rather than giving that time to God. But I can always I can tell you this that when we whatever we sow we'll reap. When we sow time with God, commitment with God, uh, time putting it that purpose. I can tell there's times when some of you are here and you're tired. I can tell sometimes you're here and, and it's a sacrifice for you to be here. But making that choice and decision is part of that, that, uh, that making that determination. God, I value you first. I like, I'll use Jason as an example. Uh, he's back there on the soundboard now. But for a while, Whitney came for several months. He, he would come to Cowboy Church. They uh, started going there, but Jason would... We, that was his morning sleep in. Am I right, Jason? All right, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, can, I, can I use your testimony? <laughs> I didn't ask, but it, it's all right. But see, what, what, what one day, Whitney told me, she said, I said, where's Jason, man? Where's, where's he at? And she said, well, he, this is his morning sleep in. Well, see, he made a choice and a decision. He started to learn and started to understand, started to value the time with God, the commitment there. And I can tell you this, and I know I don't hold attendance over you, uh, uh, you know, and mess with you on that, but I can tell you this, that whenever we commit that time to God, we're sowing seed back. Here's what I found. When I was, when we were ranching and farming and working all week long and, and pouring all that time in, when I started to commit my time to God before every morning in, in, at the start of every day and on Sundays, that it was amazing how much smoother my week went. It was amazing how much when things began to unravel, when things began to fall apart, that God just gathered them up. Or we dodged the, the bullet of, of not being ready and we were ready or having the thing that we needed. God just begins to multiply or provide back. Whatsoever we sow, we'll reap. So if we sow that time, I'm, I, I believe, I've seen it, that God replay, repays that time in that. He doesn't make more hours in a day. He just makes the day go better. The day goes smoother. All of a sudden, everything falls apart, and you got everything you need to put it right back together. Something, something begins to rip or tear. You figure, you catch it ahead of time, and you fix that. You know that makes kind of like the, the the chip sack. You ever open this bag of chips? Maybe it's just because because we buy the off-brand ones. You buy, you, you buy open that bag of chips, and it starts that little rip. If you don't fix that, see everybody. Everybody was the first, so we we're like, what? And then you got it, see? You don't fix that, what does it happen? Roll the way down the side, and now you got to eat the whole bag. <laughs> Do it on purpose, that's right. Well, sorry, honey, we got to eat the whole bag now. But you know, that, that's the way things go. When we start to entrust our life to God, things begin to go better. Now, I can tell you this. When you commit your life to God, oftentimes you make the devil mad and he will try every way he can to stop you from, from, from taking that, making that decision. I, I watched it in people's lives. They say, man, I'm, I'm committing to God. And then all of a sudden their, their life begins to be difficult. Well, just understand, that's when you got to grit your teeth. 
You know, if, if when you, you've gone through things in life that were very difficult, but when you grit your teeth and go on, this morning Justice was going to stay home. She's feeling a little morning sickness or a little bit wore out being a pregnant mama. And I just text her. I said, well, you, uh, I'm going to believe God with, for strength and endurance and whatever. And I get here and she shows up. She chose to push on. She chose to trust God. See, you all do the same thing. You, and, and when we make that choice, God will bless us. Notice the rest of the way Jesus lives. And I know you know this first, but man, I, I, I need to hear this often. I came, Jesus said, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That means the ability in those difficult times, those times of struggle, if we will stay hooked to God, if we'll stay connected to Him, it will work out. We will get through. And listen, we'll get through in ways like other people can't. And God will turn it to our good. In, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, let's look at this. In, uh, this was a, a scripture that, that uh, Deuteronomy 30, Joshua made a choice <clears throat> in verse uh, 19. They had an opportunity to make a choice. He said, This day I call the heaven and heavens and earth as witness against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now choose life so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to His voice. Hold fast to Him, for the Lord is your life. And he, will give, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was talking to the children of Israel right as they're getting ready to go into the promised land. I love that example because he laid before them life and death, blessing and cursing. And he told them, what do you choose? You see, the world would love to drag us uh, uh, somewhere else. Our flesh oftentimes wants to go somewhere else. The, our mind even wants to, wants to begin to justify or begin to take us other places. But if we'll make that choice, God, I'm going to serve you. Do you know that was the decision and the choice that Sue and I made we were first beginning in, in, in our walk with the Lord together as a, as a married couple. We made that choice. And you know, all through the years, we weren't in ministry in the beginning when we made that choice, but all through the years when we made that choice, it didn't matter what we, what we faced. We knew that we were doing that together. You know, I watch, I watch people in their lives and, and, and I watch married couples and, and there's those things that always keep you together. And the one thing is having that unified decision. We're going we're gonna to love God. We're going to serve God. We're going to walk with God. And you know what? Those things begin, you know what that does? That allows you to be worked on. It allows you to work on things together and allows you to give you the, the understanding and the strength and the things that you need to, to walk you through that. See, they went on into that promised land, that place where the enemy was, but yet God was there to drive him out. They went in and they, they received the houses, the, the land, the vineyards, the wells, the, the fortified cities. They, they received all those blessings, the fruit of the, of the things that were already planted. God provided that way, that life, but they had to walk it out and they had to do it. Notice he said, set before you life, death, blessing, cursing. Now choose life so that you and your children will live. 
and that you may notice he, he identified the way we get there. Love the Lord your God, listen to His voice, and hold fast to Him. Man, if we could, if we could just take, take that advice right there, that's a powerful thing. If we could make a choice, we're going to love the Lord our God, we're going to listen to His voice, and we're going to hold fast to Him. You know, there's, there's some things in life that you have to compromise on. There's some ground you may have to give up at times in, in, in walking through this life. But there's one thing you, can't, you should never uh, compromise on, and that's the holding fast to God, holding fast to Him. You, you make that choice. See, all the way through the Bible, there's examples of living better when we follow God's way. That's the amazing thing. We see Adam and Eve mess that up, and then we see God spending all this time restoring His people back to Him. When we become Christians, we enter a new life. We're changed, therefore. We, we're, we are changed, and therefore everything in life is changed. It's changed by how we, as this new creation, are different. God begins to grow us in those things. As a Christian, life still happens, and sometimes as a result... This, the fire, so to speak, can be dim. It, it, it can feel, almost sometimes feel like it goes out. But our, our life seems less than the best and less than abundant, less than overflowing like that verse John 10, 10 said. And sometimes it settles in more, that, more, to, more like a struggle. Let's look at uh, Judges chapter 6. You know, I... The reality of life is there's times it gets very difficult. I remember uh, different times where we were making moves in ministry or maybe we were making changes in business or uh, in, in cattle or something or, or sometimes stepping out and, and putting ourselves in difficult places. I mean, there's, there's been times when we've taken jobs that stretched me time-wise or sometimes when that job ended and that income was gone. There were times when churches or, or changes and things were happening uh, there were times when, when it looked like nothing was working. That's when we hold fast and continue to, continue to hang on. In Judges chapter 6, they had done evil in the sight of God. It says there in verse 1, they did evil, and the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord for seven years. He gave them into the hands of the Midianites. So they were in a mess. They didn't quit being God's people, but they were in a mess. Now what I want you to see here is that... <clears throat> uh, uh, in verse 6, Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. You know, there's times when we're stretched to the max, times when I'm stretched to the max, that I just have to walk through the house or, and, and pray, Lord, I thank you that you're my strength. I, I thank you that you give me what I need. I thank you that you guide my steps. You give me wisdom. You give me grace. You give me mercy. There's times when it may be that, that, that we have to, to call upon the Lord. There's times when praise and worship is that place that you're saying, Lord, I, here I am. Fill my cup. But Gideon was hiding out in a wine press. And... Uh, they cried out to the Lord. And notice in verse 10, I, I want us to, to look at this verse in Judges chapter 6. He says, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are in, but you have not listened to me. They didn't have ears to hear. And the angel of the Lord came and sat down under an oak tree. Now, 
what I think is, is interesting in this transition of this is they were, they did evil. They're impoverished by the Midianites. They're in trouble. Everything is being consumed by, the, by, these, by these nations around them. They cried out to the Lord, and the Lord first of all brought instruction as to why. He said, you didn't obey me. You didn't do what I said. You, you set yourself up. You put yourself in this position. And then it says, that verse 11, then the angel of the Lord came and sat down by oak tree, oak, uh, under the oak at Ophrah, that belonged to Joes Eberzite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to him, to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. The King James says, the, You mighty man of valor. See, God showed up on the scene and they were defeated, they were beaten down, they were consumed. But God did consumed by all the, the trouble, but God didn't leave them. God didn't forget about them, but God still showed up. And that's the awesome thing is Gideon is, is doing the best he can. He's hiding out, threshing his wheat in the wine press. Normally you do that out in the open where there's lots of wind. They throw it up and let the chaff blow off and the wheat would, the heavy weight of the wheat would fall down. Uh, Y'all have probably seen some of this or done some of this. If you've ever done wheat harvest, you understand what the chaff is. That's that stuff that gets in your neck. Itches. You know, you, you understand uh, about that, but he's hiding out and God shows up. And notice, notice Gideon's response in verse 13. He says, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has, it, why has all this happened to us? Where are all His wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did, did the Lord not bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midianites. You know, there's times when we can ask God an honest question. I mean, there's, you might as well be honest. God already knows your heart. If you got a question, if you got, a, if you got something you don't understand, you got something that, that, that you don't like, I mean, there's been times whenever I've said, God, I don't like this. God, I don't, I, I, this, is, this is hard. I, this, you know, there's, a, there's a difference between being honest with God and being mad at God. I'd be very careful about being mad at God. But even then, God in His love and His grace and His mercy understands exactly where you're at. I don't think it's wrong to say, God, why? I don't like this. This stinks. I remember when our oldest daughter got, had cancer. We were in that, in that time of being overwhelmed and, and, and consumed and, and, and more than we could handle. And, and just going through that time, I remember how difficult that was. I remember that this, many of these different times when, when it looked like it was, it was very dark, very difficult time. But we put it into God's hands and we honored God with it. And we said, God, regardless of what takes place, there's one thing I know. We're sticking with you. We're standing with you. We're trusting you. And you know what? That's when we go, that's when we go to the Word of God and we remember those verses like over there in 1 John 5 where He said you'll, He'll give you the understanding. We go to the Scripture and the Word of God that says that in Ephesians 3.16 that He'll strengthen us with might by His Spirit in our inner man. That we say, Lord, I'm at the end of me, but I'm never at the end of you. And see, as we go through those situations and those time periods in our life, 
where it seems overwhelming or maybe it, it, it doesn't even feel like the life of God's in us, our fire's gone out. The good thing about it, just like here in Gideon's life, he was, he was at the end of him. He didn't like it, but he approached God with an honest, honest question and allowed God to speak into his life. Remember, God still saw him as a mighty man of valor. God still saw him as a mighty warrior. Why? Because that's who God called him to be. God said he could be. God had a plan for him. God has a plan for each one of us as well. God has a, has a good plan. And in verse, verse 11, or 14, sorry, the Lord turned to him and said, go in this strength that you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? It's comforting to me. I'm kinda, I kind of picture this as he's coming at God. God, this angel of the Lord, shows up speaking to him. He's looking at him, Gideon. He says, you're a mighty man of valor. And Gideon starts bringing him all these questions. And then he turns to him and he says, go in this might of yours. He didn't try to explain. He, didn't, he wasn't moved by it. I, I love that the angel of the Lord, obviously you would expect this, but when we bring God these questions of why or we can't or all these things, listen, God's not moved by it. Isn't it good to have somebody, when you call and you ask for prayer, you call, ask for help, or you go to the Word of God, it's not movable, shakable, doubtful. It's full of faith. Even though this was the word, this was an angel of the Lord. Speculate, some speculate this may have, could have been Jesus. Could have been. We don't know exactly because it doesn't explain exactly what that is. But some of the commentaries, some of the the things that I read, just looking at who that who that angel of the Lord was, could have been that Jesus manifest as as this angel came down. But here we, what we do know for sure is it was God's messenger speaking. And see, when we have an open ear to heaven and, a, and an open heart to hear God speak, we can know and understand that God's seeing us in that same light. Who are you? You're, you're a new creation in Him. Who are you strengthened with His might? Who are you righteous, redeemed, forgiven? Who are you well able? Who are you? You know, you, you, you ask yourself that question. You go before the Lord. Notice he wasn't phased by it. He didn't go, well, maybe I got the wrong guy. He didn't go, well, yeah, you're right. You're, you're kind of a mess. <laughs> Thank God he didn't start going, yeah, you know, you're hiding out. What are you doing? You're hiding out in this wine press. No, he just said, go in this might of yours. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon, but, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered him, I will be with you. You will strike down all the Midianites and leave none alive. Now, I, I haven't taught the whole story of Gideon. We, we may get into that next week. I don't know. But I want to I wrap this up by just allowing you to, to, to settle on that statement, I will be with you. See, when I talk about living the good life, I'm talking about a life with God. It doesn't mean without challenge. It means without a lack of hope, without being consumed and overwhelmed. 
It means getting through the storm, getting to the other side. It means having the strength, having the wisdom, having the understanding. It means that, that when you're at the end, and the wonderful thing is, is we don't have to do it alone. We got God, God's help. We got God's people. That's why we as a church help and support one another. That's why you, you send a text of prayer. I had somebody else call me this morning and, and asking for prayer. And, you know, those are the types of things that we, we pray with one another. We stand on the Word of God with one another. But always settle on this and, and take this Word to the bank. God has never, He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Verse 16, again, He says, The Lord answered him, I will be with you, and you will. I like that. He said, I will, and you will. I will, and you will. Now, what did Gideon have to do? Show up. <laughs> what did Gideon have to do? Believe. See, here's the thing. It all, it all hinges on our faith and our trust in God. Our willingness to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. Did, did Gideon understand it all? Did Gideon realize what all God was going to do? I mean, it, it's no. Is it, a good, is it a good thing? Probably. Because Gideon would have said, uh-uh, I can't do that. He would have really gone to argue with him. Now, he went through a process of testing that word. He went through a process of proving that word. And I think there's some things that are valuable for us to do as well. But we need to ask ourselves, God, who are you and what do you want me to do? God, who, have God begin to realize or, I mean, uh, help you realize and help you understand who God really is. It's a lifelong thing. And I, I tell you what, that's, that's, so, that's what's so fun about the Word of God and studying it is it never comes to an end. I can read those scriptures over and over again. See them again for, in, in a new way because God brings it to light. He strengthens us. He guides us and He directs us. And the wonderful thing is, is that wherever we lack, God wants to, God wants to help us. So let's, let's pray and, and, and let's ask ourselves that question. <clears throat> Are we able to trust God? Are, are we willing to, to put our hope and our trust and our, and our faith in Him? Father, we just come before You and we praise You and we thank You that, that You do love us, that You do provide for us life and, and life more abundant. Father, we thank and praise You that You give us opportunity to, to receive the promises, the blessings, the provisions of God. Father, we thank you that it's more than money, it's more than riches, it's more than peace, and it's more than time, it's, it's all of those things. But Father, it's, it's in a way that gives us the contentment to love life. Father God, I just thank you and I praise you that you provide for us in the midst of this time a, a, a sense and a knowing of how great you are. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody within the sound of my voice, either watching or sitting here, it's in that place where they feel like they're, they're overwhelmed or, or maybe they're, they're dry or, or maybe they know somebody who is, that Lord God, you'll stir them to put their trust and their hope and their faith in, in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you help all of us begin to enter into and, and live out that life, that Zoe, that God kind of life that you have for us. The Lord will not just endure life, but we'll have the, the, the riches of it, the blessing of it. And Father, we praise and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.